Bears fans, back at it again for another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast. Pat the designer, John Yurkovich in the building. Yurk, we had chaos, we have adversity, we have firings and signings. Some silliness. We have some silliness around this Chicago Bears silliness. team as a whole. We I heard tell you, the, the White Sox are happy the Chicago Bears started playing. Boy, no longer are they in the headlines. They're they're out of the picture totally. I think God, they're thankful over there. Thirty fifth and Shields, the, the the Bears have started playing. Who would have thought that you could have wow. done worse than the White Sox? Three weeks in, yeah, we got we got time to go here. Year, that's crazy. We got time to go here. Zero and two, zero and two start. Zero and two start. I, I would have never have thought. Uh, it's depressing if you're a Bears fan. Very depressing. Uh, and and realistically, right now, right with everything compounding, you're just trying to get to turn the page and hopefully find a way to win a game in Kansas City. Want to get your keys to that. Also want to talk about what we heard from Ryan Poles about the adversity. How does this team overcome that adversity? All that more in today's episode. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Leave that five-star review. You know what to do. And drop a bread down in the chat down below. Appreciate you guys for showing love. Let's start here, Yerk. I mean, we, we saw so much, as you said, silliness yesterday. Of course, Allen Williams resigning. Now Flus takes over the mantle as the D.C. How hard of a change is that when you have that switch midseason, even though it is Flus's scheme, to go out there now well, and, and have to keep, continue to elevate your level? If, if, he's never, if he's never called games before, it would be something massive and something huge. He's called plays before. Yeah. So uh, I don't think that's much of a problem. But now overall scheming on the game, because he's focused so much now on the defense and the defensive calls, you know, he's the guy that's got to be aware of when timeouts need to be used. Uh, you know, um, he's got to – he's the one – I mean, he's expectations and he's managing the, uh, you know, the, the, the expectations of the football team. Yeah. So I think it becomes tougher on him now just to manage. Zone, um, you know, whether you're going to play three deep, whether you're going to put a fire zone in there, where you're going to bring a blitzer off the corner, you know, those are some of the concerns that he's going to have. Yeah. So uh, how much focus do you then have on the team? But that's something that's overcome and just being cognizant of it. It might even be one of those things where you have uh, um, um, a lesser assistant, yeah. an assistant. Uh, John Hope position elevated kind of. Uh, uh, and, yeah, just, a no, like a position coach. Uh, but an assistant position coach say, hey, listen, let's be cognizant of this, 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 and this. Mm. Remind me of this, 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 and this at this specific time. So, you know, it, it could be something that's very simple. But he's got to be cognizant of the fact that I'm calling plays and I'll be thinking about calling plays also while trying to manage the whole, th- whole team. What do you think of uh, how the defense, I, I think in a small sense, right, improved. They didn't get a sack. Uh, but they at least got pressure. In the yeah. first game, there was zero pressure around Jordan Love. You saw 17 pressures on Baker Mayfield, half his dropbacks. You got to get home. Yannick Ngakwe had two clean shots. Do you feel Didn't like with uh, 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 Flus at the helm, this defense maybe starts to look more like the defense that we saw in Indianapolis, or are we still just pieces away uh, and not a different voice away? Well, I – if your pieces away, then those pieces need to be the pieces that are here that develop over the course of the next four Javon months. Dexter, Zach Pickens, guys, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. that's what you need. Um, you know, you you spend a lot of money on a linebacker that get is great at tackling people, but what else is he great at? Um, you know, Edmonds, he's got range, he can run. 
he can tackle, but what else can he do? Right. I mean, at some point you're making 17 and a half, 18 million, whatever you're making. Some point you got to get your hands on a football, don't you? Some point you got to cause some chaos. I don't go looking at the guy that makes the least amount of money on the defense to make plays. I'm looking at the guy that makes the most amount of money to make plays. We know this is a team that's adverse to interceptions. It's got a problem turning, getting, forcing turnovers, but they only gave up 20 points last week. They only gave up 20 points. They only gave up 20 points. You should win that game. Usually, usually you should win that game. But right now your offense is a little bit of dysfunction, which is what yesterday was all about. Yeah. And then everybody captured. I had the day off yesterday. I get in, and I look at the news. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> this morning, it's like, oh, my God. And then, you know, the quarterback says what he says. Then he comes back, and he says, you guys went and ran with it. No. No, you said what you said. See, I didn't, I, nah, I didn't take he it as said, that, though. He said what he said. I didn't, I didn't take he it as said a what shot he at said. the coach, though. That's exactly what it was. You, you think so? Absolutely. Because when, when 100%. I. 100%. It's what, a 100% shot at the coach, period. There's no debate about it. See, for me, when I heard him say it yesterday, I heard him immediately after when they asked him, well, what do you mean coaching is the problem? He says, well, when the calls come in, when we're trying to get these plays in, I'm trying to execute them perfectly, and it's making me think too much. That's still on the coach to you. That's not on him trying to be a perfectionist, as he said it. That's him bailing water out of the sinking boat. That's what he's doing there. Was he bailing fast enough is the only question that you would ask yourself. So he threw his coach under the bus. That's what he did, period. Okay. He wanted to send a message. He did. That's what he wanted to do. I want to play free. All right. Play free. We'll let you play free. Yeah. You still have to develop his quarterback. You still have to. And, it doesn't, it doesn't and, involve him of anything and, in the first two and games. And to me, it doesn't make a difference because you're going to have that give and take over the course of the year. And just because everybody decided to run with it yeah. and, and, and do what they did doesn't make a difference to me. It's game two out of a 17-game schedule that he's got to find a way to continue to develop. Maybe he felt he needed to be a little chesty. Maybe he felt he needed to uh, send a message out there that give me a little bit more freedom. I'm not having – you guys are bringing me in too much. Um, he knows what he was doing when he did it. Yeah. Okay? And naturally at times, usually you like to be able to do that behind closed doors. And say, you guys have got a bridle on me. This is too much. I don't like it. I need a little bit more freedom. You got to let me roam. I can't just sit in the pocket and try to pick things out. That's not how it works for me. Yeah. All right. That's fine. That's a natural give and take between a player and a coach. You happen to do it in the media. But he was sending a message, and that's fine. Um, if you're on a football team over the course of now 18 weeks, there's going to be stuff that's going back and forth in the media, not in the media, behind closed doors and you know, in front of it. That's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. You can never overreact. As a football player or a football coach, you can never overreact to, A, a coach's criticism, and, B, if a player decides he wants to share too much. Yeah. What's the reason for overreacting? Now they know how each other feel. They'll get behind closed doors. They'll settle whatever issues they have between them. And then at the end of the day, they're all pulling on the same side of the rope, trying to make things better for the Chicago Bears. I'm one of these guys that thinks this might actually be good for the Bears. Okay. So I'm I'm not against it being bad. Um, you know, but to think Justin Fields is some sort of naive fool and he didn't know exactly what he was doing. He knew what he was doing, and that's fine. And then he tried to bail out of it and Maybe it was even just kind of a half-ass bail, but he wanted it known what wanted to be known, and that's fine. I don't have any issues with it. 
You're going yeah. to communicate with your coaches. You'd prefer to do it behind closed doors. But if that's the way you felt you needed to do it, that's the way it got done. I don't know. I Fine. just – I. I personally didn't hear it as that when he said it there. The 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 uh, part in the locker room where he clarifies, right, I think is what you're referring to as the bail. I think right after that, Justin came out and he was like, listen, they're, they're sending a call in. I'm trying to be a perfectionist and run the play the right way. And when that play ain't there, I'm freezing up. That's on me. Now, he does you, – you can't shy away from the fact that in the beginning he literally goes, it's on coaching. Right, he does say that, but I think that it it came oh, out mean, in a in I mean, a way that uh, came out the it came out exactly the way he wanted to say. It. Yeah, yeah. I, and he sent the message he wanted to send. I, well, listen, I, now, it, even if he didn't intend to, the message is right. sent. And now they'll <laughs> massage each other's ego, get together, yeah, and figure out a better way to play offensive football. Yeah, because you saw two drives in that game against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They look like a professional offense. Yeah. The uh, the second play, the second drive of the game, they went seventy five yards. They scored a touchdown, and uh, there's a drive in the second half. They went ninety yards and yep. scored a touchdown. Yep, That's why when they had to go ninety three yards, no, it was ninety. When they had to go ninety plus yards in the final possession of the game, or the second final possession of the game, I wasn't worried about it because right. they just they put a ninety yard drive together. All right, let's go. The difference was Tampa knew if they could stop them this time that they're going to win the game. So they went about the business of clamping down and trying to find a way to stop. At at any point in your career, did a uh, did a team run three no. of the exact same plays no. in a row on no. you? No, I've had teams run like ten traps in the middle, P elevens and P tens in yeah. the middle because they felt like they had something. Atlanta had a little zone play that they could run either way with Jamal Anderson, and they would run that over and over, or they'd run two quick screens in a row if they felt like, hey. It was set up for them to run quick screen. If they saw the numbers and they had it, they just went with it. So I've, I've had teams that have had successful plays, but most of the time if they run it one way, they'll run it the other way, just to kind of give you a little bit of difference. But the L.A. Rams back when they had Jackie Slater on the line and Dickerson was back there, yeah. they'd run that toss play ad nauseum until they couldn't run it anymore. The Washington Redskins used to run that counter OT until it was going out of style, until you could stop it. Yeah. And if you couldn't stop it, they're going to run it over and over again and just shove it down your throat. So there are teams that run plays, but usually they're successful plays. Yeah. Um, in this situation, I think they ran a play, and there was a penalty or there was something. There's a penalty on yeah. Pittsburgh, and then there's a penalty on the Bears, a, a holding on uh, Chase Pittsburgh. Claypool. Tampa? Tampa, I'm Pittsburgh? sorry. Yeah, yeah, Tampa. I, You're uh, thinking Chase Claypool. Yeah, thinking I was thinking Pittsburgh. Claypool. I was thinking Pittsburgh. You're going uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, there, there was a holding on Claypool uh, yeah. and brought it back, and then they run it again, and right. there's an interception yeah, on one, Justin Fields. That, that one seems to be a little weird. Or if you run it too much during the game, mm -hmm. then they're like, oh, okay, this feels like something they might want to try again. Yeah. And then all you need is one guy to be extra cautious, and he was, and he felt it, and he said, mm, all right, I'm going to sit here on the line of scrimmage and see what happens. And there he was. I Clyde Simmons intercepted the ball against the Buffalo Bills in the playoff game and returned it for a touchdown. Why did he intercept it? Because he felt like they were going to run screen. I think it was the beginning of the second period, and we had seen one or two already yeah. out of Thurman Thomas gaining too much yardage. So it happens. It happens. Guys get a feel for some things, and they they, they read it. They'll take a chance, and next thing you know, they're going the other direction. Step into the second quarter here. Haven't been able to pick Yurko's brain on a uh, couple of weeks now. Yeah, a couple of weeks now. It's been, been a little while been since uh, a lot of Fridays, my friend. I mean, listen, those remotes, man. And, they and, they feed right. you well. They it's give you good beer. Yeah. It's the football feast. That's what they tell us. You can't go wrong. You and can't. now I won't be here tomorrow because I'll be in Kansas City. 
Well, that's okay because uh, we got Courtney Cronin on tomorrow to update us on all the madness. Yeah, the news. Of Hall. The news. I think people have. I think people have gotten a little bit more cautious now after some wild things that are going on there. Thank God, because I'm not a journalist, but I know you've got to have two sources if you're going to run with a story. You can't run on conjecture, and you certainly can't throw stuff out there that's in the rumor mill. Rumors are just that, rumors. You usually don't fly that out there. Listen. So Al Williams, for me, gets the benefit of the doubt 100%. until something comes out. Yes. He chose to resign, though. Yeah, he did choose to resign. So, so there's, that adds a little bit of question a marks. mystery. I don't I don't say there's it. no question yeah. marks. By the way, second quarter brought to you by the Hard Rock Casino in northern Indiana. See John Mulaney and Pete Davidson at Hard Rock Live Friday, October 6th. Sixth. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. I don't uh, question there may be a little chicanery going on that that is being right hidden and and shrouded in mystery. Uh, But what I will say is this. um, What we saw yesterday uh, transpire on Twitter turned into um, some some absolute playwrights. Uh, turned into some uh, that you can tell that there's a writer strike going on because that's the kind of storytelling we're getting in some of these TV shows here. Like that was unacceptable when from um, a journal a journalist right. standpoint. If you call yourself a journalist, yeah. And I don't know who was putting stuff out there, who wasn't putting it out there. I always where idiots go to play. There was a lot of them. Yesterday. Now that it's X, it's still where idiots go to play. As long as you understand that, that you know. Yeah. Then you're all right. Just understand there's a lot of stupid stuff out there. I don't need somebody to be verified or nothing. I just need them to be able to cite a couple of sources for me to be able to trust what they say. Otherwise, you look at it, you laugh at it, and you move on. Yeah. I try not to repost a lot of things. Most of the stuff I repost is all soccer. Or if we release something, ESPN Chicago 1000 promoting something that we got going on, then I'll go ahead and repost that. I try not to repost too many things. Because people always like to get their panties up in a bunch, and I am not about letting that happen. <laughs> you don't want it. You don't I want it to be John Yerkovich broke I, the news on this. I hear enough news everywhere. The last thing I need is people bitching and complaining and moaning all the time. <laughs> well, let me I'm ask. Go. Let me ask you this, Yerk. Uh, if you've had a chance to look at the tape and break down kind of what we saw in that game on Sunday versus Tampa offensively where is your concern most right now are you looking at the quarterback are you looking at the play calling are you looking at the repetitiveness of the play calling uh are you looking at uh the blocking whatever it may be where's your concern right now heading into kansas city i'm worried about quarterback play is the first thing that i'm worried about i'm wondering why the the talent that chase claypool once showed the nfl world gone has suddenly just disappeared Try it out. And I wonder if that's gone with attitude and effort. You know what I'm saying? If the attitude has affected the effort, which has affected the achievement. Yeah. You know, in, in that order. So that that's what I'm wondering. So that's that's area number two. Um did I say quarterback play first? You say quarterback, quarterback play, play, play first. first. Second, I don't need to elaborate on that. I just think that overall you need just a little bit of quarterback play. That's the development we're looking for. Right. We've seen a flash or two. Right now, we haven't seen enough consistency to be able to say, hey, it looks like the next step has been taken. And then the health of the offensive line yeah. um, is another area of concern, especially with the neck. Braxton Jones going with down. Braxton Jones. Yeah, healthiest yeah. lineman. I know now, hey, and, and he can't get a penalty. Yeah. 
So, I mean, which is a good thing, I guess. Um, he won't be able to get penalized. So you're looking for the health of these two guys. And I mean, I mean, at this point, you're waiting for some point of the season where guys can start coming off IR. I don't know when that point is right now, but I'm waiting for a, a point where guys can come on off IR. Fourth concern on this team is the pass rush. Okay, even though you saw a little bit of signs of things being better overall, pressure not but not getting home consistently enough, yeah. and then the pressure, the amounts of pressure, is not there. Yeah, which is a problem. Which you guess what? Then your young corners, um, and your you, you know your young corners, your young defensive backfield, you won't see anything. Is there any word on Eddie Jackson? Is Eddie Jackson going to be back? They keep saying positive. Uh, let me see if they put out the injury. Yeah, he went down here. with the uh, the foot injury. The foot injury, same foot it, right. as the. Uh, He's out for front. the game. You know, and sometimes you can get scar tissue. Yeah. that develops over the course of time. You can tear it through a scar tissue, and it feels freaky. Yeah, and it feels like, oh my god, I just did something again. But after that scar tissue tears, you'll get a little bit of swelling in that area. Right. And then that swelling will subside, and you'll actually have something feeling a little bit better in that foot. So, I mean, that's all I can hope. I had some scar tissue um, and adhesions that had built up in my knee when I had my surgery in 87. Came back to play in 1988. Uh, got hit square on the knee. I had a brace on. I feel something tore. They tore through my adhesions. And all of a sudden, I had terminal extension. I had five extra degrees of extension on my leg. And I'm like, so in essence, the guy that got so it. So he hits you and he made it better. Did me a favor. <laughs> Didn't feel better that game. But next week came by, and all of a sudden, I had terminal extension. And yeah. they said, what he did was he helped you. He got through those adhesions. So, oh, okay. you know, it all it all ends up working out fine. So I'm hoping that's what it was for We Eddie got Jackson. a DNP yesterday for Eddie. Uh, Lucas Patrick was DNP yesterday as well. Darnell Mooney was limited. He's dealing with that uh, with that bruise over the knee that kind of turned into a knot. Josh Blackwell also was limited, which, I mean, listen, not elite, but good to hear Ooh. seeing as, right, uh, but he how was, the DB room you right. went through last week. He was, was your so fourth limited. defensive back last yes. week with Gordon being out. So, I mean, he was the guy that was going to come in and make things happen for you. Our fourth DB or your fifth DB, yep. the guy was going to come in and play the slot and or play the corner. So, you know, once you have too many guys out, now you're working with your, your, top, six, Hicks. your top six move in. <laughs> now you got seven, eight, nine playing if you yep. got three guys out. I mean, that's hard. Yeah, That's not easy. And I thought they fought their asses off. Yeah. And they did a good job. But now my my concern number five would be defensive back depth. Um, after that, it's just I saw the one block field goal. Maybe we can muster up some stuff on special teams, you know, to put everybody in some positive positions. Uh, block punt, uh, a return here or there, anything. Yeah. Anything to help. I mean, for the Bears to win, right now it's got to be a total team effort where things are kind of clicking for everybody. I like a situation like this, and we'll see if Iberflus can get these guys all pulling on the same side of rope. Going into Kansas City, where Kansas City is looking at their schedule ahead of them, probably saying, hey, we have some tough games ahead of us, and maybe they overlook the Bears, and the Bears go in and surprise them. Right. I mean, that's probably like a 3% chance. But I'm hoping it can happen. I hope they can go and compete, build some confidence for their team. That way when they come home and they play Denver, they can do something against Denver. But right now it's uh, – it's depressing if you're a Bears fan. Oh, yeah. It's not fun. It's bad all the way around right now. And, and realistically looking at, um, to me, I think on the defensive side of the football, right, like there's we there's still people that want to, you know, eviscerate what we saw on Sunday. And I'm like, listen, 
where we're at right now, and especially coming into this season, basically saying in a 4-3 defense, 4-2 nickel, whatever you want to call it, we're not going to go get a three technique. We're going to develop a three technique. Okay, that means you're not going to have one of the most important pieces of this defense out there to start. The fact that they held that Tampa team to 20 points. Yep. If you have the offense that was advertised, you should win that game. If you have an offense that's willing to push the football down the field, and I think that's the part, right? My biggest concern, yes, the play of the quarterback, but it's amazing, Yerk, to me, how every time Luke Getzey says, hey, why don't we push the football down the field this time? The Bears seem to be able to do it. The Bears seem to be able to move the ball miraculously forward when they're not throwing passes east and west. All of a sudden, Justin Fields is driving the field. I don't absolve him from the misses that he had and and the poor play that he had and the time he spent in the pocket. But even Daniel Jones, uh, Brian Dable calls passes downfield for Daniel Jones. If every time they wanted to go downfield, something positive happened, I think they'd be calling every pass downfield. I think the fact is that every play that they call that should be going downfield and doesn't get to the right receiver ends up in being a fumble going to the other team is enough to sit there and frustrate an offensive coordinator and say, hey, let's get some layups and then we can go back and hit some three-pointers. You know, let's hit some mid-range jumpers and then we'll go back and we'll chuck them up from the threes. So I think that's what your coordinator's probably thinking. I'm tired of the screen game. Yeah. I don't like it. For me, a quick slant is as impressive as a quick screen. Give me a quick slant. And one, two, three, boom. One, two, forward, three, though. boom. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's forward. I'm, that's what I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. saying forward. Let's let that be our layups, yeah. right? Let's let those be the layups. But when they had the one pattern where you had the guy running down the seam and the, the safety was obviously on him. You had a guy out in the perimeter. And then you had your, I think it was your running back that was coming out of a slot. Yeah, Roshan's coming out it's, the middle. It's, 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 it's wide open. Yeah. I mean, that's. He's got to hit him. You got three, four plays of that, a game where they might screw up something, a coverage. Yeah. And that's the one that's the easiest of all throws to make, but you've got to see it to be able to make it. Yeah. So I think that's. I think that frustrates Justin Fields. 100%. I think it frustrates Luketsi. I think it fl- frustrates Matt Eberflus. Frustrates the fan base. Nobody's happy when something like that happens. So that's what's got to get cleaned up. And that's what's got to get better. And guess what? You have 15 games to clean up. A lot of better. time. That's why I don't. Everybody's like, well, this, this, this. Everybody, it seemed like last week, everybody wanted to make a declarative statement or Monday or Tuesday about Justin Fields. You know, everybody, well, I'm in, I'm out. Who cares? <laughs> nobody cares if you're in or out. I, I promise you nobody cares because the Bears got one season here. Yeah. They got 17 weeks, 15 left to figure out if he is or he isn't going to be. Yeah, And it doesn't make a difference if you're the first guy off the train or the uh, the first guy on the train. Nobody cares yeah. that you called it or you didn't call it because we're sure you waffled over the course of time. Oh, yeah. They're going to use the whole season three to evaluate their quarterback. That's it. That's the way it's going to be. Hey, guys, on X, too. I was on X, and everybody's, oh, I'm officially out. I'm out. Who cares? Nobody cares. I care about watching him develop. I care about watching him get better. That's what I care about. And if it doesn't happen, then I'm going to start caring about what the hell we're going to do in the draft and how we're going to find another quarterback. But that doesn't happen until after the season watching everything that happened, and that's when decisions got to be made. 
Do we pick up a fifth year option? Don't we pick up a fifth year option? It's, those are always the weird guys to me too. That are just they just want to be right at work first. So I told y'all Justin yeah. Fields was terrible. Yeah. I told y'all when we drafted him, and it's yeah. like, wait, are you a Bears fan? You don't like, don't you root for this team? Don't you cheer yeah. for these guys? But there's no points in, <laughs> in getting it right at the beginning. <laughs> I mean, I can every year I can come out and say the Bears aren't getting to the Super Bowl and yeah. say, oh, look at me. I'm right again. <laughs> Who cares, right? <laughs> Nobody cares that you said they couldn't get there. So The one you know, time you're wrong is the right. part we care about. Like, yeah. you were wrong. You picked us not to. There's certain things I just, yeah, I don't, you know, oh, great. I heard it all. I'm like, geez, I, I couldn't flip fast enough through. I, I just kept going through. Go, go, go. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. All right, let's jump into the third quarter here because there's a weird dynamic with everything uh, uh, right now with this Bears. But we do have to turn the page to next week, Yerk. And realistically, next week is here. It's yeah. Thursday. Football starts tonight. What are your keys to, dare I say, the Chicago Bears finding a victory well, the first key in is, Kansas City? First key is you're going to have to score points, and I don't care how you do it. So score points, I don't care how you do it. And that includes a defensive fumble, a recovery, however, a batted ball up in the air that goes to one of our guys and returns it. I have a feeling the offense will be able to put up 17 points. Yep. That's not going to be enough. So 17 is not going to be enough. So it's got to come from someplace else. So the Bears as a team are going to have to find a way to score points. If you could set the offense up with short fields, that, that much is even better. That includes punt return. That includes a lot of different ways to get yourself a, a better field position, make things easier offensively. Yeah, that'd be nice. Oh, you're going to have to block Chris Jones in the middle. Well. Coming back off of not being in training camp, coming in. Sack and a half. Yeah, he, was, <laughs> he was effective. Um, Again? Yeah. He was effective. So, you know, you're going to have to find a way to block him with a makeshift offensive line. Uh, Lucas Patrick's favorite direction goes backwards, certainly not forward. So they're going to have to find a way to do that. I just, you know, that, you know, forcing the turnovers, helping out the offense. Yeah. And uh, keep it a game as long as you possibly can and find a way to, to win it in the fourth quarter. The longer it stays a game, the better chance I give the Bears of pulling an upset. So the Bears are going to have to do something, jump off to a weird lead, 13-12 lead in the halftime, get them cussing at each other and yelling at each other and finding then finding a way to make it happen for yourselves. Listen, it's a uh, this is a – through two weeks, this Kansas City offense is absolutely a Matt Nagy-coached offense. I can uh, yeah. tell you that watching it. Is there any chance that uh, we see more of the same, or does it seem to you with what we've seen of Kansas City through two weeks that they're kind of starting to figure it out, starting to put it together? I think they've been pretty bad through two weeks. Right. I think I think now. the more they play, the better they'll be, yeah. and they're trying to figure out who their playmakers are going to be. Yeah. Yeah, and they had didn't have Travis Kelsey, didn't so have Kelsey's coming back. Yeah. He had a touchdown last week, but he had a he had a drop, you know, something that was behind him that. Usually when those two guys are rolling together and uh, they got their chemistry working, there are no drops between the two of them. They kind of know. They run these weird patterns, too, <laughs> where it looks like one thing yeah. and then he just does kind of a half circle coming back. Um, so they've got a chemistry between each other. They kind of know, hey, I'm going to go find the void. You're going to put the ball where I need to be, you know, where I'm going to be. Yeah. So they do it. So I, I think, yeah, they're going to hit a gear. Hopefully they don't hit top gear against the Bears. But, I mean, if I had to make a prediction, 
Uh, I, I I see this like bear, uh, not Bears. It would be Chiefs thirty-one. The Bears seventeen or twenty-one or yeah. twenty, something like that. I see him winning by double digits. I, I yeah, I mean the evidence is there. Yeah. The, the Bears are not as good right now, and, and and we know Kansas City is. Yeah. And if you look at the two quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes is a much better quarterback than Justin Fields. Yeah. No, I I agree with you hundred percent. I. Yeah. Unfortunately, right, it's you were hoping to be in a better position coming into this. Well, one and one, one and one, a victory in either one of the two games, and you're feeling a little bit good about yourself saying, all right, we've kind of figured it out a little bit. And the way they've lost has been, it's been pitiful. It's ugly. It's ugly. Each one of the losses was ugly in its own right. And to me, listen, the Green Bay loss was just, it was atrocious. It was, it was inept. It was ill prepared. The Tampa loss hurts so much because. Even with as many things as we can nitpick, you had a chance to win that one. You had a chance to go down the field. Well, you had the ball, right. You had the ball, you know, in the fourth quarter with a chance to drive down and either get a touchdown or a game-tying field goal. Yeah. And you've had that opportunity last year. Yeah. And you had Mooney stuck on the goal line against Washington. You had the Giants, the way they ripped apart the Bears. You had the comeback. Yeah, you had the comeback by Detroit. I mean, there were all types of stuff last year. And guess what? That's the last thing at the end of this year you don't want to to say. Oh, there were chances and there were opportunities. But when push came to shove, we couldn't make a play. It's got to make some plays. Yeah, 100%. Let's jump into the fourth quarter here, finish off the show here, Yerk. It's time for Yerko's stories. Did you ever have a season that started with adversity? Maybe not as bad as this, but similar to this. And no, you guys we were one were and three. To, we were one and you three. were able to pull it out. When Reggie White came to us in 1993, we started one and three, and we lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. And Reggie was sitting by his locker going, I made a mistake. I made a mistake, you're cool. I made a mistake. I said, what mistake did you make? Me and Billy Moss were over there because Billy, they brought the veteran defensive tackle from Kansas City in. I go, what mistakes you made? He goes, I shouldn't have left Philly. I said, oh, come on now. It's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And we were fine. I think we finished 9-7 and seven that year. We qualified for the playoffs. But when you start 1-3, and three, you're behind the eight ball. So we ended up finishing, what, 8-4? and four? We had a pretty good ball. You start to play at the end of the year. Yeah. So we're playing. We're eight and four, and we ended up winning our first playoff game. I think we lost our second playoff game. But you got into the playoffs. You got to taste what it was all about. We got through Brett's little hiccups that he was having through the year in Minnesota, absolutely intimidated him. Then we came back in 94, and every team except for the Tampa Bay Bucks in the NFC North made the playoffs. Every team, four teams. So it was us. Yeah, and and three three teams. So as Minnesota won the division, uh, us and Detroit were in uh, the – Tied for second. Tied for second, and the Bears made it. Yeah. Yeah, three wild cards all came from the NFC North. That's actually impressive. Yeah. So, that's, a, that's a wild stat to be a part of. And it was 9-7. and seven, <laughs> And the next year, 95, is when we finished 11-5. and five, And I think I think we took our first division title in 95. So that kind of felt a little bit good, but still wasn't good enough to get a bye. Yeah. 95, we beat uh, Atlanta. And then we went out to San Francisco, beat San Francisco. And then we went to Dallas to take our yearly beating from the Dallas Cowboys. What was and that's the, the way it worked. What was the uh, what was the thing in your one in three season start that you feel kind of pushed you guys to that next level to start playing some really good football? Well, they knew we knew we had talent, and if you take a look at the games, Isaac Bruce blocked the punt. I believe in the first game of the year we played the Rams in in Lambeau. Isaac Bruce blocks the punt, returns for a touchdown. Now we're down seventeen three, 
and we could just never recover offensively. We couldn't score enough points. Right. Second game, I think, was a similar way. Offensively, we're struggling. We're on the bus, the struggle bus. The defense ended up being a top-five defense that year. The offense wasn't remotely close to being a top-five offense. Um, then the third game, again, we're down 17-7 with one of those being a punt return. Oh, no, that was the first game. Uh, the third game was Philly. Terrell Buckley fell asleep, jumped on a shorter route, and they let Fred, uh, Freddie Jones, not Freddie Jones. Who's the guy? He, he, from, uh, from uh, Michael Jackson. That's who it was. Remember Michael Jackson? Yes, I remember he, Michael Jackson. He, Tom Jackson used to do that all the time. <laughs> he, he. I thought you were going Magic no, Johnson on that one. <laughs> Michael Jackson um, was catching the ball down the sideline. I believe it was him or Freddie Jones or Freddie Mitchell yeah. or – Somebody was catching the ball down the right sideline. He's a good player, early 90s, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. So um, he he caught a, a bomb, basically. That put him up front. Randall did something special, you know, kind of get out of trouble. Yeah. And he made a play, and we ended up losing that game in 93. So, you know, we won one of the four first four. We lost the next three, and then we're all looking at each other. So what the hell are we doing? And then uh, I think we played Tampa, beat Tampa and Tampa. We played Denver on a Thursday night or a Saturday night or a weird night, and we beat them, and Reggie had three sacks. So, you know, Reggie's starting to feel good about himself. Yeah. We're all starting to feel good about ourselves, right? And we got on a little bit of a roll. And once you start getting on a little bit of a roll and everybody's happy to see each other, nobody's blaming the coaches for anything, <laughs> then good things end up happening. I, mean, that- I don't have my computer in front of me, but if you look up that 93 Bear, uh, 93 Packers, I bet you you'll see one three than the Denver game and the Tampa game because we went down there and beat them in a hot game. Oh yeah. boy, it was it was heated. That, man, they, they, the uh, my producer for the Breeze went down there and he was in the stands watching the game. I was like, "Which side you on?" He said, "I'm on the uh, I'm on the Bears side." I was like, "Good luck." <laughs> Just like, yeah. like you're gonna you're gonna have fun on that one. Uh, but I, I mean, listen, like. I think that this Kansas City game could be that spark like you're talking about. Well, it could be. If I you mean, can find a way to win it, right? Well, because yeah, this is a game that the world has you losing. At this point, these guys have to realize that you're being ridiculed. Yeah. And there's only one way to get things done, and that's by changing it. And the only guys that are going to change it is the guys in the locker room. So you're what right. Like? You won the won the Rams 1-0. Oh. oh, we beat the Rams. Beat the Rams 1-0. Yeah. Oh. All right. Uh, week two, right? You lost to this is in '93. You lost to Philly. Uh huh. You had a bye week in week three. Yep, we had two bye weeks. Take a look at that. Oh, look at that. Okay, all right. Uh, and we lost to the Miami. Lost to Minnesota in week four. Okay, Minnesota in week four. Lost to the Cowboys in week five. Right. So that was our three right there. One and three. Then we beat the Broncos. We beat Tampa Bay. Yep. Oh, and playing the Bears Bears is always a victory. (laughs) Forty-one to three. Right. (laughs) 41 uh, to 3. Yeah, that ends. was a beating. It was 41 to 3. Uh, 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 Eric says 17-3. Is that what it says? Yeah. Hold on. I'm, I'm trying to see. This says 4 and 3. Oh, 4 and 3. That's it. your records there. I don't have. I don't yeah. know. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. 17-3. Yeah, you beat Kansas City. Or you lost to Kansas City. On a Monday, Monday night game. Uh, you beat the Saints. 19-17. Yeah. Last second field goal by Chris Jackie. You beat the Lions twenty six seventeen, and what's that make us six and four? Six and four. So we went from one and one and what is one it? and one, three, one and to three six to six and, and four. There you go. <laughs> so we got on a roll, right? Yeah. And and that's what it takes sometimes to do that kind of thing. You got to get on a roll. We went on a roll, and we weren't blowing teams out by any stretch no, of the imagination. Just getting on the other side. They're all close games. Yeah. 
everything's tight. Yeah. You know, you either find a way to get it done or you find a way not to get it done. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. And, uh, you know, our theory was always let's get to 10. If we get to 10 victories, we know we're going to the playoffs. So let's find a way to get to 10. Now we got to nine, right? You did get the nine. It yep. got, it, it, we started to lose some games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got 93. The nine. So yeah. we felt good about ourselves. And then we started dropping you some games. You finished nine and seven. You beat the Lions in the playoffs. Yep. And then yeah. you lost to the Dallas Cowboys 17 27. Yeah, that happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did. I was 0 7 against them. Really? 0 7 against the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they were they were the Cowboys when the Cowboys actually. 91, won. I was in the practice squad and we lost to them too. Yeah. They you, came you in. It was Troy one? Aikman. I think Tom Zach started for us in that game. He was with us that year. <laughs> Tom Zach and Blair Keel. Anthony Delweg. We may have had a problem with uh, uh, with uh, Mikowski being hurt early in 1991. Mm, okay. The Magic Man. <laughs> I, just, I, Magic just, Man. I just love it. It's like Tom Zach might have started for us. Ah, okay. Makes sense. Hey, man. We uh, appreciate he was, he was with us. <laughs> we appreciate you guys. The only for- Ohio State quarterback that played 10 plus years, I believe. Is that true? Uh, oh, God, Justin, well, he please. 15, hey, he played 15 years. Jeez, Justin. So I don't know if Craig Krenzel played that many years or, you know, Art Schleister before he it's decided not, it's he, not good. he wanted Usually. to gamble on everything. The Ohio State QBs aren't good. You know? My, Mike had a great career, so, I mean, yeah. great career as in a long career. Long career, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he would have liked to have played more, but he played a year in Cleveland. He played uh, a bunch of time with the Pittsburgh Steelers, so. Yeah. Well, he'll take it. He's got a good pension. I know that. <laughs> Got to love that. You got to get, got to stay in long enough for the pension. And I think Mike's four years older than me, so he's sixty. He's doing well. So I'm betting on him being sixty right now, so he could take his pension now if he wants. He's it. doing well. He's doing well. Hey, I let's can do the math. I know what it is. Let's hope this Chicago Bears team finds a way to win this game. There's not a lot of confidence, but use that as fuel. I've got him losing by thirteen. I, I kind of agree with you. I think I, yeah. I'm right in there. I, I, I got 31 17. Too right good. Now. Too good. I hope they make a great effort, but I got them losing. I just, you know what it is? It's not even the players on the field for me, it's the coaches. There's no way that I can see Matty Rafflus and Luke Getze out coaching Andy Reid. And I don't think that Andy Reid will go into and, and, thir- a third game where and, he's and, like, it's, Matt, it's, you're it's, only, it's only Andy Reid, though. And the defense coordinator well, yeah. for Kansas City. Yeah, it's there's, not Matt. It's not Matt Nagy. I get a cardboard box can out coach Matt Nagy. Listen, listen. When you saw the end around in week one, did you did yeah. you just know? Yeah. You just knew it was a Nagy play. I was like, I was like, I'm sorry, is that Tariq Cohen? What, what, what do we got going here? Uh, I thought Nagy was back on the sideline <laughs> when they ran that uh, that pass that played the Vila. Sh- oh, that, that everybody knew was coming. The, 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 the world knew Peggy it was called coming. it. I'm watching the game with Peggy. She goes, "Oh, Vila said they're going to give him the ball. They're going to give him the ball." Peggy pointed it out. You knew it, though. You knew well, it. Peggy's a veteran you knew football you knew person. It so. the time. Hey, hit that oh. like button. Subscribe to the page. Let's hope we go get a Bears win. We got Courtney Cronin on the show tomorrow. Hopefully letting us know kind of a little bit of clarity on what's happening up at Hallis Hall. As always, it's your boy, Pat the Designer, joined by your code of good kid. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Bear down.